Hello and welcome to this IBR Business Profile, a podcast from the Iowa Business Report. I'm Jeff Stein. In the 19th edition of our program, which aired during the second weekend of May 2020, we spoke with Robert Worson, owner and founder of Tassel Ridge Winery in Lytton in Mahaska County. The California native moved his Interpower company to Iowa so he could expand production of AC power system components, and that, somewhat improbably, led to creating Tassel Ridge Winery there. The first time I drove along a highway in Iowa and I saw that someone had a winery, and it was in my home county, and I thought, I don't understand this at all because I'm a native Iowan, and so it's corn, it's soybeans, and it's other products. Wine just wasn't on the radar. But this has really, I don't want to say exploded in growth, but the number of folks who are doing what you started doing, this just continues to grow. Talk, if you will, about how Tassel Ridge started, what interested you in it, and and what challenges to grow the kind of grapes necessary to produce the wines you do. My interest in wine goes back many years. I've been interested in it since I was about 30. Prior to that, I'd go out to a fancy restaurant. I'd feel obliged to order a bottle of wine just because that seemed to be the appropriate thing to do. And I could never come to grips with the fact that I I could go to the grocery store and buy grapes that tasted really good. But what I was getting in a fancy French restaurant, let's say, was I can't believe that was ever once a grape. And the disconnect for me was the loss of the sugar and I just couldn't square that and I remember doing some things I chuckle about and kind of put my head down that I've done in the past just to try and figure out what that difference was but I think that what motivated me initially was I had some land that was being used in a corn bean rotation there were several employees at a Christmas party that I was the host at and they were all farmers, uh, uh, spouses of my employees. This would have been about 1999 or 2000, along in there. And at that time, crop inputs were significantly higher than what you were going to get by growing the corn or the beans or livestock. Everything looked pretty grim. And these guys were all the next generation coming into their farm operations, family farm operations. And they were trying to figure out what to do to make ends meet. And we started talking about grapes. I knew a little bit about them, but not very much. And my interest, based on that conversation, just grew. And pretty soon I was going to wine association meetings and anything that uh, Iowa State would conduct on grapes. Uh, I'd be right there in the front row, and I was quite interested. We planted our first grapes two years later. And one of the vineyards was uh, the one right here uh, in North Oskaloosa. It was the first vineyard. It was a perfect crop for the location because there are two gas pipelines right underneath the vineyard. And so we couldn't go very deep, but the roots didn't care. So uh, that was just fine. <laughs> we planted um, about three different grape varieties that year. You don't get grapes uh, for about three years. The vine has to grow and set roots down before you want grapes growing on them. Even the second year, you might pull grapes off for safety, just so that the energy goes into the root system. It was The pressure was on, what am I going to do with it? Originally, I was going to grow grapes and sell them to wineries. I started looking at the wineries in Iowa and decided, you know, 
it might be better if we just started our own winery. And that was... That's uh, quite a leap from I'm going to grow grapes to why don't we just start our own winery? Is there some temporary insanity there? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I have to we can't agree. blame it on drinking the wine because you hadn't made it yet. That's so right. that's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes I wonder about that whole decision process. But what happened was that I was able to buy a, a piece of property right out on Highway 163 87 acres, and we put the winery at the south end of that property and had vineyards going up to the highway. We planted vineyards over several years. It wasn't all done at once. We, we were not the first in Iowa. They're, the first really started out in the mid-90s, I think. In, in this, There have been wineries before, but uh, they'd gone away. And um, uh, so in the 90s, there was a, another group of people that decided to, decide to start wineries, a lot of them in Warren County. The grapes have been grown all over the state, really. So we were, you know, maybe five or six, seven years after that first batch of wineries. So we're still pretty early in the scheme of things. Today, there are 100 wineries. They're scattered pretty much all over the state, but there are concentrations in the southeast and the south-central uh, Warren County in particular, and then over in the Council Bluffs area. What is unique about growing grapes in Iowa as opposed to other parts of the country where we might think of it more readily? I would trust the soil here is very good, but yet sometimes the climate is a little harsh. But what are some things that you have to think of that someone in California, your native state, might not have to think of? Okay, the very first thing is it's cold in the winter. And so cold that the trunk of the vine can be damaged by the cold, meaning that you've got to grow a new trunk. The second thing is that the growing season is about three to four months shorter here than it is in temperate climates on the West Coast, whether it's California or Washington or Oregon. So we've got to have special varieties. That's the, the first thing. And then once we're growing the vines, we tend to have fairly hot but very humid summers. So that means fungus eradication has got to be a major design factor in how we trellis the vines, how many leaves we allow to grow on them. I mean, it's the whole raft of things. Fungus pressure is a big deal uh, for us. So those three things, uh, cold winters, short growing season, and fungus pressures um, have a lot to say about the kinds of vines we plant. Based upon what you have experienced and what you've been told, the taste that you get out of the grapes that you grow here, as opposed to some elsewhere, places you cited, what's distinctive about the Iowa-grown product that allows the wine itself to be distinctive, understanding that there are many other factors that go into that, but what is different about an Iowa-produced crop? The number one difference is that our grapes have significantly higher acidity than temperate climate grapes do, whether they're grown in the three states uh, of the West Coast or in Italy or France or wherever. And that is a function of their origins, really. Our grapes are all called interspecific hybrids, and that means uh, these grapes are usually uh, have a mixed genetic background that includes Vitus riparia. And Vitus riparia, we know, is the ditch grape. It's native to North America, all the way from Nova Scotia to Winnipeg and south to Texas, a big triangle. That acidity 
we're starting to learn about the uh, genetic uh, traits there. That acidity is also related to what gives the grape variety enormous self-protection capability, self-protection from fungus and so on. It's not perfect, unfortunately, but it, uh, they're much more resistant to fungi of various types. And I'm talking about powdery mildew, bunch rot, black rot, things of that nature, which are endemic in this kind of a climate unless you've got resistant vines. And then you've got to still take those issues seriously. But the biggest difference is, is acidity. And there's only so much in the actual winemaking process that you can do to account for that. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, that is absolutely fair. You can do what's called a malolactic conversion. Some people call it a malolactic fermentation, but it is not a fermentation, really. It's a conversion in which you actually use a bacteria. It's called Enococcus eni, and uh, you introduce that, and that will allow you to reduce the malic acid a bit and you substitute that for lactic acid, you get lactic acid, and the lactic acid is a softer feeling. So it's very desirable in a dry red wine. We just don't do it, though, in white wines at all, but that malolactic conversion will help us do it. But other things we can do in the vineyard are to see that the grapes are exposed to sunlight. So that means a lot of leaf removing, and leaf removing is horribly expensive if you do it by hand. We actually have a machine that will go down both sides of the row and actually blows air through them. It just shreds them, but doesn't hurt the fruit. And that gives you a, a much more open canvas for the sunlight to exactly. hit. Exactly. The canopy needs to be open because otherwise the air in there stops moving, and now you've got fungus generation. And it has the secondary benefit of reducing the malic acid. This is a topic you've studied up on. This is, this is fascinating. Yeah, it's, Let, it's very complex, yeah. I'll tell you, and everything you do will impact something else. So there's systems involved here, and we're still trying to get it right. Robert Worson, founder and owner of Tassel Ridge Winery. We spoke at his office in Mahaska County in December 2019. Learn more about their wines at tasselridge.com. The Iowa Association of Business and Industry is a supporter of the Iowa Business Report radio program and podcast. The Iowa Business Report airs weekly on dozens of radio stations across the state of Iowa, with the podcast posted right here every week, along with additional IBR extras and IBR business profiles. I'm Jeff Stein for the Iowa Business Report.